Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening the season is upon us that's right the hockey season it is coming up uh it seems like it's going to happen i guess i don't know uh, i'm gonna get everyone else's opinion on it we were optimistic last week uh let's let's just get into it and let's get into the intros let's lead it off with stephalicious d steph driver just a reminder that we will be doing a Festivus Quizzo. I really shouldn't call it a reminder because I haven't posted anything about it. But um, on the 23rd, keep your night open because Travis Hughes, formerly of Broad Street Hockey and SB Nation, uh, will be hosting Quizzo just for us. And the details will be on the site before the end of the week. Oh, right. I'm the host. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's you. Uh, this Zoom, th- how's this going to work? I don't understand Zoom. Like, using it right now is the only time I ever use it. Is yeah, this going to so be confusing we'll do, for people? It's. It might be confusing, but it will only be confusing for me. So all you're going to have to do oh, really is that. show up. So you're going to have to register, and I'll send the link. I'll Somehow I'll send the link for you to register. Um, and then you just show up. You either dial in, so you don't even need a computer. You can just dial in. It'll send everything that you need. Um, Or you click the link and and you show up. And what we're going to do is we're going to use the breakout room function. So if you come with your own team, just give me the team name and I'll create a breakout room with that team name. And once we do that, and I'll explain it as it all starts, um, you click on the team name and that's your breakout room. And that's where you'll go to confer what the answer to the question that Travis asked is. We it's going to be more confusing for the moderator, which will probably be me, than it will be for you participating. All, All you right. have to do is show up and answer some questions with your group. All you have to do is show up. That was the hardest part of college for me. We have to call... <laughs> We have to call the room something else, though, because, like, breakout room, that just sounds like corporate jargon nightmare shit. It is. Okay, so what do you want to call them? Um, I mean, Zoom room. Like, that's the easiest thing. Well, that's also corporate. So let's call them... Um, club boxes. Yeah. All right, club boxes. I love You'll get it. your club box room. You get to name it yourself. I, that's perfect. Excellent. Club, club, club box Come up with something funny for your club box name. It's like a fantasy hockey team. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I, I think I missed this last week in terms of like commenting on it, but you can really tell that Flyers fans are just going stir crazy. And classic example being how like for an entire day everyone lost their goddamn minds because 
ESPN happened to forget putting the flyers on a graphic oh, of boy. all the teams. <laughs> and like I think oh, forgot. It was one of those things where like That's wish trolling. Come I, on. We're like, I think that Come on. We completely lost track of whether we were actually mad or fake mad, and it all just kind of combined into one. <laughs> like, it, I, it started out being fake mad, and then we got actually mad, and then we started laughing at ourselves for being actually mad. Like, we're all losing our goddamn minds. We need hockey back. Is that the definition of big mad? When you get so fake mad that you become actually <laughs> mad? Is that big mad? Maybe. I think you have to be red and nude. In order yeah. to be big mad. That's true. That's true. A little sweaty, moist. Yes. <laughs> a little moist. No, no. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I gotta say, I'm really glad that Steph's putting together this Festivus Zoom thing because as of right now, I am only being powered by twinkle lights and snow. And the snow will probably be gone soon, so I'm gonna need something. The snow... Kelly, on, on Twitter yesterday, you called it a fake news snow day. Yeah. And then it immediately started snowing, and then we got, like, six inches. <laughs> You're well, welcome. Ke- Kelly needs something to happen immediately. <laughs> if someone tells her it's a snow day, it has to happen right now. I will say I was less disappointed than I expected to be by the snowfall, so I'll take it. Hot damn. Yeah. <laughs> You're a true Philadelphia resident. Less, less, less disappointed, disappointed than I expected to be. Also, I'm going to go put Kelly a chair like, in a parking spot. Like, Kelly's definition of snow is like, if it's not something that would be impressive in Canada, it's not that impressive. I will say I did get extremely spoiled last winter <laughs> in Halifax. You're never going to like snow again then, Kelly. It's never going to be that good again. No. <laughs> The twinkle lights. I did turn on my twinkle lights in the backyard during the snowstorm Ooh, yesterday just because yes. like I, I, I needed it. And I got to tell you, it was fucking perfect. That's nice. All right. That's so uh, how are we feeling about this NHL season? Has anything new happened? I feel like I thought I heard something, but then I looked and no, they're kind of just where they were last week. Seems so like let it. me tell you about what it's like working in sports. For those that forget, Steph Driver also worked in sports. A lady? It's not just Charlie O'Connor. I know. Wow. I know. So working in sports means nobody pays attention to the NHL, but they expect you to know what's going on. So they ask you maybe three times a week, when is the season starting? What's going on? And the thing is, with the NHL, you never know. That's Literally the end never. of my story. Like, I don't know. What the hell's going on? They're talking. I've heard that the NHL and the NHLPA are talking. They, uh, they didn't talk today. Oh, no, they're talking again today. They talk all night, actually. I was, they were up like, texting. They fell asleep <laughs> with the phone in their hands. In you their up. hands. The dot, dot, dot has been on my screen for a fucking day and a half. I was super optimistic last week. Yeah, uh, but given that a week has gone by yep. and um, there's not really anything concrete decided, like January 13th, the closer we get to it, starts to look a little dicey. But I mean, yeah, like it was, that's less than a month away now. Yeah, like, well, guys, they're talking. Yeah. Well, I know that some of the flyers have come back to town, which makes me optimistic. Like, no, they're no, like, I guess we better lot, get back to town. A lot of players are coming back to town. Yeah. Okay. Provi Claus is coming to town. 
I actually I haven't been keeping tabs on where in the the world flyers are. Who's back? Um. Well, like there, there's there's a bunch of players that have been here. Shady. Like like Provorov, shocker, has been working out pretty much nonstop. So he's been here for yeah. a long time. Um, he needs to take it easy. The, uh, the Swedes I know, are back. I know Lindblom and Haig came back together. Yeah, the Swedes are back. Um, I think Ghost has been back for a long time. Uh, a bunch of the young kids. I don't kids. think he left. Yeah, I think he's been here. Um, the bunch of the young kids, like Lazinski and um, Chorinsky, they're both here. They've been working out. I'm trying to think who else is back. Um, uh, NAK is back. Um, there's a few others, but like th- there's, there are people who are like staying home as long as they possibly can, but there's, uh, there's enough people at the facility, Relatable. I think at this point. Um, yeah, it's That's just, interesting. it's, it's wild to me. It's, it's less wild to me now because I kind of had this like idea in my head that the NBA had set up their season like two months in advance. And in reality, no, like they announced their, their the start of their season and all the details on November 17th, and they are starting on December 22nd. So like they pretty much did a month early too. That said, like the longer this takes, the weirder it's going to be. Like it seems like the earliest they're going to announce anything would be tomorrow, Friday, the 18th. And then that's what, like 25 days before they want to start the season on the 13th and about a week and a half before they want to start like training camps for the teams that didn't play in the playoffs like I think they want to start training camps for the the non-playoff teams on like the 28th or the 29th so like now we're getting like okay we're starting in 10 days have fun guys which is wild to me but it's less wild like because the, I, I had in my head that, like, the NBA had figured out all their shit by, like, the end of October, and it turns out they didn't, so. Yeah, like, the beginning of this season, say it starts the 13th or the 15th, somewhere thereabouts the estimated start date. Like, the first, what, two weeks are going to be an absolute shit show? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, these guys stay in shape and everything as well as they can. Uh, like, especially, you know, not everyone has access to a rink all the time. Uh, if you don't have an outdoor rink, I don't know what you're going to do in some places. But, like, I know we expected the hockey to kind of look like shit for the bubble, and we were pleasantly surprised, but then it was like, oh, actually, it was just the Flyers were trying and no one else was for three games. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Remember yeah. that? Uh, what but a good like, time. What do we expect this to look like? Is it going to be good? No. Well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no. I think it might be comparable to what we've seen. Just it might start a little slower. You know, some of the other teams might be more rusty, like Buffalo. I I don't I don't know. I have no idea, and I I don't know. My hope is that goalies are rusty and guys who score a but ton of not goals. ours. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, I I just want like I want offense to be like at an like an 87 level high uh, when this league comes back, so people like get into it right away. See, I don't I mean, know. That would be a good way. That would be awesome. But based on what I saw in the bubble, I kind of think it's going to be the opposite. Balls. It's just and, and like because I I thought that's the <laughs> way it was going to be in the bubble. I thought that like oh yeah, without the structure and whatnot. You know, it's going to be way more high scoring. But what it turned out was that it was a lot easier to play disruptive defense than it was, like, to jump right back in and do that than it was to 
string together enough creative passes without chemistry to score goals. And I wonder if we're going to have the same problem here. I wonder if Elaine Vigneault is going to be like, you know what we should do? Stop forechecking. <laughs> <laughs> I really wonder if he's going to do that one again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That worked out really right. well, so. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, that was fun. It was what it was. Uh, I'm not worried about, uh, about the Flyers. I think they're going to be very good. We're going to get to some future stuff in a bit. But first, I've got a list. That's oh. right. We're back to the lists. And this one, honestly, I think it was pretty good. Uh, it was on NHL Insider, so maybe everyone can't get to it, or ESPN Insider, uh, but it was Wish, and he put together a, uh, a top 25, under 25 list. And goddamn, this league is, like, so good and young. For example, Rasmus Dahlin is the first one out. Like, he's number 26. Uh, he'll be 21 in April. He was over half a point a game as a rookie, almost uh, seven-tenths of a point a game last year as a defenseman. He's top 20 in points among all defensemen uh, since he entered the league. And, like, he's number 26 on this list. It's a fucking good one. I don't want to go through the whole thing. What I do want to go through is all the is all the flyers on it and uh, and their, kind of their categories. And the highest ranked flyer is in a category all his own. Carter Hart came in at number ten, ladies and gentlemen, the tenth best player under twenty five years old in the league. There's not another goalie mentioned. Honorable mention, first one out, actual top twenty five. There is not another goalie. On the list, and first of all, first of all, love the respect, just... love and the respect. Yeah, uh, f- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not like the Flyers just get shit on all the time. Here we are, uh, but goddamn, this feels good. Like, you know, we're we're going in thinking Carter Hart. All right, he's got to be awesome this year. He's got to take another step. But obviously, depending on a goalie, is fucking terrifying because they're goalies. They're insane. Okay, it's Can not I... just us now. It's Can like, I be super annoying, though? Absolutely. Can you tell me who was ahead of him? Because I can't see it. I don't have Insider. Oh. Uh, I know. I know you specifically said I'm not going to read the whole list, but I want you to read the whole list. Yeah, <laughs> There's it, only no, nine. It's, it's fine. The top nine. ten. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, and fuck him. Like, I pay for it. I can give away his list. Um, <laughs> and top 25 under 25 is an SB Nation thing anyway, so. Oh, you oh, fucking suck thief. Wish. Like, all right. Yeah. First of all, like, number 12 is Miko Rantanen. Number 11 is Mitch Marner. 10 is Carter Hart. Then uh, Quinn Hughes, Miro Heiskanen, Kale McCarr, Jack Eichel, Braden Point, David Pasternak, uh, Elias Pettersson, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine it's with fair. that. Yeah. Yeah. But just like he's ahead of fucking Marner and Rantanen. Like that's where we're ranking him. Like, is this a little, like, when I read it, as someone, you know, I'm a Carter Hart fan. I root for him. I want him to be number one on this list. But, like, 10? That seems a little, like, projection-y. Like, okay, if he has a season we think he's going to have, do you think this is too high? No. No. I think that we got. Go ahead, Steph. We got odds for the upcoming season the other day um and he shows up in just about every category so for the heart trophy carter hart is 60 to 1 um for the the vesna carter hart is 20 to 1 uh he doesn't show up in the norris voting that's weird (laughs) i know i know um 
Wait, was it just, it may have just been those two. I, I was looking for, it was just those two. Um, but, but flyers show up in every single category, but he's the highest. Yeah. Like, no matter what. I wanted to ask you guys about some MVP MVP voting stuff a little later, but my odds are from last week, and Hart is the highest-graded flyer there. I had him at 55-1, to Steph at 60, so either people have bet on it, or we just had, you know, odds that are a little bit different. Yeah, Uh, and then following following him, we've got Sean Couturier, 75-1, to Claude Giroux, 80-1, to and I thought there was one more flyer, but there's not. Yeah, but like either like that's like Sean Couturier just won the Selkie Trophy. Those are kind of the yeah. guys that win MVPs too sometimes. And yeah, you know, are they though? Carter Hart's the I don't one. See, well, see, no, I don't, don't see, I don't think so. I, I don't think Selkie when they have the like, big scoring season. I mean, has Patrice Bergeron ever won an MVP? Has he ever even came close to winning an MVP? No. Like you have. You to, have well, that to sounds have like something you could season. Google. The only way you win the MVP, <laughs> there's well, let me say, there's two ways you win the MVP. One way is you score the most points. Second way is you're a goalie who has a ridiculous season. There is no mm-hmm. way that Sean Gattieri is ever going to lead the league in points. Claude Giroux, I think, has passed that time of his career as well. So, yeah, Carter Hart is the Flyers' best chance at a Hart Trophy, I think. I don't think he's going to win it, but, like, if I, had to, if I had to handicap it, yeah. Like, Carter Hart having, like, a 935 save percentage season would definitely put him in the mix. And, like, this, I'm going to go back to my Carter Hart love here. like. Do I think that's likely? No. Do I think that, like, him having a ridiculous season because he's doing things that, like, no goalie in the last 20 years has done at this young of an age? Yeah, it could fucking happen. He's really good. And, like, that's why I'm glad he's on, he's on this list so high because it's about time that people recognize how rare it is for a goalie to be this good and already a starter in the NHL at age 21. He's 22 now, but he was 21 through most of the last season. Like, this doesn't happen often. Like, Mira Haskin and Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes, I am totally fine with them being above Carter Hart because, like, the skater position, whether it's forward, defenseman, whatever, like, it's inherently less volatile than goalie. So I get it. Like, I get why. And, and those guys are awesome. Like, they're awesome players. They're going to be awesome players for the next 15 years. That said, every year there are really good 20, 21, 22-year-old defensemen that break out and you're like, holy shit, they're awesome. Carter Hartz, who are starting in the NHL by age 20 and a clear above-average starting goalie by age 21 who's stealing playoff games, they come around like once every 15 years. Like, the rarity of what Hart has done so far is frankly staggering. So getting back to Bill asking like, Oh, no, is this too much? I I feel like Flyers fans generally, and I've been guilty of this for sure, we do a thing where we kind of overvalue these guys when they're prospects, like when we're trying to figure out how good they're going to be and how how big of an impact they're going to be on the team. I think we overvalue prospects, and then once they get to the NHL, we kind of diminish their value a little bit and I I don't know why we do it I don't know if other fan bases (laughs) do it we're crazy but like I mean like for example like if you went back to you know 2009 and you asked people about Claude Giroux people probably had a lot of really good things to say about him and then you fast forward you know 10 years and it's like Claude Giroux fucking sucks take the C from him it's like we do a thing (laughs) where like once they get there we're like "Mm, are you actually good I don't know 
I know I hyped you up when you were in the friggin' queue for 10 years, but now I don't know. We do a thing. No, that's, we're weird. That's super insightful. And, and oh, like, you. I mean, it is because now allow me for a second. Everyone that's willing to throw Nolan Patrick out with the bathwater. Like, that's exactly what's happening. Oh, yes. I see, okay, so I, I see where you're coming from, Steph. I don't know if I totally agree <clears throat> with that because, like, the Nolan Patrick situation is weird. The player who I it would is say, weird. The player who I would say is the perfect example of this, even better than Nolan Patrick, it's Travis Konecki. Ah, like yes. this is a guy who we freaking loved as a prospect, who then yeah. gets off to a little bit of a slow start in his career, and people started jumping ship. I bring us back to Bill Matz. Does he have an NHL caliber shot? Then he has a break. <laughs> he didn't. Drag him. <laughs> then like, he has. Just because something isn't true now doesn't make it untrue then. I know. You say this all the time. You I'm, saw I the know. muffins he I was know. throwing at the fucking net. I'm just messing. <laughs> he worked on his shot. It improved. <laughs> anyway. I'm trying so hard not to laugh into the microphone. <laughs> so then this year, Travis Konechny has what undoubtedly was a breakout season where he nearly scored point per game pace, was very good all year. Has a bad postseason and people want to trade him. That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I've got to make one Nolan Patrick reference a I podcast, know. and that was the one. It's not Charlie. You know, you know but how it, it happens. Goes. It happens with everyone. Like even if we go back to, uh, uh, let's let's bring back an old favorite, Braden Shed. Yeah, oh, fair. No. Like, this no, happens, that's fair. Justin Williams. With, Let's I don't give know, up on oh, Justin, I didn't hear what you said, but Justin Williams, absolutely. Patrick Sharp. Like, these are all players that it's happened to at some point with Flyers fans. And it's funny to me. That's, that's all I'm saying. Kelly no, I, had some great insight, and it's funny to me personally. Like, my, my question, like, I'm not trying to underrate Carter Hart. I think, like, the, the scarcity of comparables makes him, like, a unicorn in this discussion. Like I said, mm -hmm. he's the only goalie mentioned in the whole article. It's just, like, in terms of level of player, like, you see, okay, McCarr and, uh, and Hughes and Heiskanen all, like, together. You see Rantanen and Marner uh, right together, like, in that same, like, that's, that's all one kind of level right there. Is Carter Hart that level player yet, or are we just projecting him to be? And is it because of the scarcity of comparables for him? Well, I think that's all. I think if, if, this, if we're talking about ranking, like, all NHL players, I think your point stands that, like, maybe he's not going to be as high because there's a lot of projection going on. But if we're just talking about guys that are under 25, like, that's a smaller pool. And then to Charlie's point, there's nobody else. Like, and this is coming from a guy, you know, that has Mackenzie Blackwood on his team. Like, there's nobody else but Carter Hart in that age group doing what he's doing and it's and not because like of that that yeah. elevates him simply yeah, for sure his existence elevates him up the list i think so this kind of okay. list for sure i'm i'm and, accepting of that i'm just asking. And, and, and i and i also think that we're underrating just how good he was last year like maybe you look at like his like boxcar stats and you're like ah, oh, that's just okay but in reality, like, if you look at the, like, quality-adjusted metrics, he was one of the better starting goalies in hockey last year. 
in the regular season, despite the weird he's bad on the road thing and all that stuff. Like, he legitimately was, like, a top-10 goalie last year when you account for shot quality. And then he went out in the playoffs and was awesome. So, like, this is not, like, I don't think this is projection. If Carter Hart just does what he did last year again, the Flyers already have a top-10 goalie at age 22. All right. Awesome. And if he gets, I, like, and I know if he gets he even very... better, then shit. That's the that was my like. How high do you think he can get? Like next year, do you think he could be number one on this list? No, no, no. Be, just because like he would have to he would have to have like the year I was saying where like a nine thirty yeah. save percentage and takes a run at the heart. And even then, I don't. He'd have know. to win a trophy. Yeah, and even then, I don't know if he if he tops like the big guys. Like you know, was McDavid number one on this? Is he still under twenty five? Yeah. So yeah, he's not. I don't. Yeah, think McDavid. I, I looked this up and we're because I want to talk about another draft class, uh, the 2015 draft in a little bit. I think like McDavid, oh, I didn't save that part. He'll be like, I think he turns 24 the day the season's supposed to start, January 13th. <laughs> nice. Like he's still like a year from the start of the season. This season is when he ages out. Like it's oh, that's fucking. Right. He does. He does share a birthday with Ivan Pro. Yeah, it's fucking insane how good that guy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, how young he is and how amazing. But, like, yeah, Carter Hart, uh, this is something I wanted to ask because it just really got under my skin yesterday. So on the gambling show I produce, uh, we had, like, an unbiased just, like, gambling expert or whatever on, and they just asked a little about hockey. And uh, he said his surprise team this year, like, maybe it's a year early or so to talk about them as real contenders, but... He said the Rangers were his, like, sleeper team this year. They're going to surprise people, maybe even make a run, and it's because they have the best goalie in the league. That's fucking ridiculous, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't know why that guy has a job. That guy doesn't watch a lot of hockey, but he reads some stuff online is what happened there. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't buy it. I do think that Shostorkin's going to be really good. I, but I, but yeah. So here's the thing, right? The Rangers had Lundqvist forever. Yeah, it's not fair. They just couldn't get it done. Did nothing. They did nothing. They could not get it done. So why is this new goalie going to make it happen for the Rangers when Lundqvist couldn't? Because he's Russian. Absolutely not. And as such, enigmatic. And so we don't know what's going to happen. He's like a wizard. (laughs) Here's my thing. Like, you can have your Igor Shesterkin, your Ilya Samsonov, your Ilya Sorokin, and what do you get? Ivan Drago. You know who takes down these insurmountable Russian foes? Who? The hardworking Philly boy. So that's, th- right. I, th- that's actually an interesting point, not the, like, the joke about Rocky, but like, I do actually want to address this because... <laughs> I, so bad. It's, it is, like... I'm not saying this in any way, shape, or form as, like, a xenophobic thing, but, like, I'm a little skeptical of the idea that, like, all of these Russian goalies are great because they put up insane numbers in the KHL. Like, I'm just not, like, I'm just not sure if, like, maybe the KHL is inflating goalie numbers and these, like, it's just, it's skeptical. I'm skeptical of the concept that, like, the three best. It's a bunch young... of Russians. All they do is shoot, shoot, shoot. Of course, they have high save yeah, percentages. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, we're, we're assuming now that's that, xenophobic. We're assuming that like all of these goalies from Russia are going to be like the next generation of awesome, 
And it's weird to me, like, it just doesn't seem likely that they're all as good as their numbers in the KHL are saying. I don't know. Like, that's just me. I'm just I'm just skeptical of this concept because, like, every team that has one of these Russian goalies thinks that, like, they're all going to be, like, superstars. And I'm just a little skeptical that, like, Russia has produced three all-star goalies in the same small time period around the same age range. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, well, di- because, like, there aren't historically, like, historically over the last, like, what, 20 years, there haven't been that many amazing Russian goalies? Well, haven't they constructed some time of, like, ha- some kind of, like, rush, like, Red Army goalie factory? Like, aren't they doing, like, a weird thing Are they? over there? I think I think I read something yes, about blood them. doping. <laughs> I read something about them having, like, putting some kind of, strong focus on developing goaltenders in russia i don't think no, no, i mean no. you I don't heard think it I here first folks the russians are cheats according to charlie o'connor oh dear they're padding <laughs> all canceled. of their stats that's what chuck just said i, I mean, heard it with my own ears also also the khl does have some good talent but it's not the same as the nhl they don't have the best players in the world so perhaps being a goaltender is a bit easier in the KHL than it is here. Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm wondering. I, I'm wondering if like, because the the one thing about the KHL, and this is this is absolutely true, is that like in the KHL there are basically like three teams that have all the money, and those mm-hmm. teams are utterly stacked, and they yeah. just run train on everyone. And I kind of wonder if like we're assuming that these goalies, a lot of whom played on one of those awesome teams are better than they are because like we look at their save percentage in the KHL and it's like 938 and it's like holy fucking shit they're going to be incredible and I'm just not sure if they're that good yeah they have like the 07 ducks fucking uh blue line in front of them (laughs) you know like okay Uh, don't we have don't we have a goalie over there we do yeah Fedotov and his numbers also are insane yeah he's got great numbers yeah, like, I'm just not sure if I buy that, like, Ivan Fedotov is actually the Flyers' best goalie prospect because he's putting up, like, a, I mean, let me see let me see what his save percentage is. I know it's ridiculous, and it's been ridiculous for a while. And it's like, yeah, but it's the KHL. Like, I just don't know how much I buy it. Like, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, his save he's got a 926 save percentage in the KHL, which is, like, all, yeah, for us, nuts. like, that's great. But, like, I don't know. I'm skeptical. I someone's got to be like someone's... for the investigative journalism behind this coming from theathletic.com because I think that it is something to look into for sure. He's busy looking at stats. Oh, that's, I'm, that's I am, I am no, indeed I, looking at stats. I was he, just thinking that's, that somebody, that's what the face. Somebody out there has got to be like uh, doing some sort of like conversion, like. This is what your save percent. I don't know. So I'm sure gotta be some sort I'm of sure way. they are. I'm sure that like NHL teams do this, and I'm sure NHL teams. I suspect NHL teams are a bit less. Like I, I'm sure they they think that these guys are good goalies, but I think they're a bit less like, oh my god, they're going to be the next superstar than fans are who look at the KHL numbers and are like, oh my god. I think they're probably a little bit more muted because they have a better understanding that like. Just because Ilya Sorokin has like a 938 save percentage in the KHL, that doesn't mean he's going to be like a fucking god in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. I don't think like it translates one to one, absolutely. And like maybe these guys are going to be great, but it is kind of like it is a little weird that suddenly three of them just popped up at once. Yeah, like, and again, maybe I'm being like, 
unnecessarily skeptical, but it's just it's weird to me. Like usually, like countries, there was no collusion, develop, Charlie. Countries usually develop goalies. Like Sweden develops goalies. Like I just don't view Russia as like this goalie factory, and now they're gonna pump out three goalies that are gonna be like top five goalies for the next ten years. I just I'm very much like I'll believe it when I see it. Bunch of fucking Brizgalovs. <laughs> All in the metro. How do you even say? I, I'm not. I'm not acknowledging how you pronounced his name. Um, how do you say the name of the Rangers goalie? Shashurkin. I, I believe it's it's Shashurkin. Oh, okay. Oh, well, That's I'm never gonna great. say it like that. He's, That's, he's I'm fucking never Igor. Gonna get that. I'm never gonna get it. So he's gonna be called not Hank. Not Hank. <laughs> not that that does not lead me Hank. into something I am annoyed about is the fact that like yeah like. The Flyers, we, we have Carter Hart now. That's great. We have Carter Hart. We had to wait like 30, 35, 40 years to get another really good like homegrown goalie. They got in succession Mike Richter, Henrik Lundqvist, and now this guy. Like That's like 30 Annoying. years of legitimately good goaltending where they never had to even pause. Like There was never even like a three to four year gap where they had to find another goalie. It's just like... The ears are bleeding right into each other. And that's really annoying. Fuck the Rangers. Yeah, fuck the Rangers. All right. We God, have... I hate them so much. Now I'm annoyed because I'm remembering now that I read this thing um, back when, uh, what's his face, Askarov got drafted and everyone was like, wow, he's going to be amazing. Like, I, I know I read something about it and I can't find it. So maybe I did make it up, but I don't think I did. Thanks. All right. We are cool going story. to take... We're gonna take <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Hang through this commercial. I know it's the hardest thing in the world, but do it anyway. Do it for me. Thank you. And we'll be back in just a moment. All right, fam. We are back, and we are going to uh, we're gonna continue talking about this top twenty five under twenty five list. There are a couple more flyers on it to get through. Uh, but really, first, I want to talk now about the 2017 draft and a player who isn't on this list. Um, on this list from the 2017 draft, we have Nico Heeshear at number 25, uh, Makar and Heiskanen at number 7 and 8, and Pedersen at number 3. Four of the top five picks from 2017 made the list. The three drafted after Patrick are all in the top 10. That's right. The one missing is our guy. God damn it. Like, I, I don't, God damn it. You know, I how don't did we read get a whole How did lot, this happen to us? Well, I don't read a whole lot into it just because it is such a bizarre situation. Exactly. Like, another year and he'll Why show did up. it happen to happen to us? Well, Aren't because we the good? universe hates you in particular. Just you, Bill Matt. It Aren't happened we good to boys you. And girls? Don't we deserve one of these guys? I'm extremely nice and good. Thank you. I deserve only nice things. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> that opinion, that's why it happened to you specifically. That's it. It's all, it, this show is why this yeah. happened to us. That's, that's, you know what, Steph? You're making some good points. <laughs> <laughs> so the optimistic view here is that Patrick is still fifth in points among his draft peers. Like, despite missing a full season since being drafted, like... It's other than these four guys, it's not like there were any real fucking misses here. 
but is there any room for revisionist history with Patrick? Like, was there any chance he was ever not going to be the pick? This is no. why I hate draft hindsight. It's impossible to do. Like, we simply did not have this information at the time. And I that's why I'm asking. Like, yeah. I, I'm yeah. pissed. I'm disappointed. But, like... There was no other pick, right? No. It was going to be Heeshier or Patrick. The Devils made the pick for us, and there was no other way it was going to go. If they had picked someone else at the time, people would have been losing their fucking minds. So I absolutely agree with that. One thing I will say, and, like, this isn't something that— this isn't something that I can totally confirm because it's more like I've heard it from people who have heard it from people who, like, are are viable. The— and and also like I always take this shit with a grain of salt because as I I made this point on this podcast before like you always hear people say like we were gonna take this guy but I, I, we were talked out of it and like this guy becomes a star you never hear like man I real like I would have taken Bobby Sanguinetti but like fuck I missed out on that pick and like damn I'm lucky like you always hear the like I would have taken Patrice Bergeron but like. You know, somebody overruled me. It's always those stories. So I always take these with a grain of salt. That said, I have heard from a couple different people that, like, there were a lot of scouts in the Flyers' room that didn't have Patrick second overall. And Hextall was like, I'm taking Patrick. But that it was Hmm. not a, it was not a consensus that Patrick was the guy. Do you know who who they were? I think it was, I think it was Haskinen. I think that was, and, and, and basically oh. the, basically Hextall's thing was like, we need a center. No we need a center. I have the connection with Brandon, like he, because he was a Brandon guy. Like I know this, I know this guy, I know this team. He's going to be really good. I wish you didn't Oh, tell great. Me that. Thank you for this, Charlie. Now that's all I'm going to hear. That's all I'm going to hear for the rest of my life. Charlie just ruined fucking Christmas. You just, you ruined my, you ruined my life is what you did just now with those words because that's all I'm going to hear from these two for the so, rest of all time. I can't I'm, remember. I'm, I'm did, not, I'm did not the Flyers saying, I'm know not about saying, his health stuff? Did anyone know about his health stuff at the time? I can't well, remember. I mean, everybody was... knew he was injury prone. Like, that was one of the big, that was one of the reasons I mean, the why head, he didn't go number one. Thing. No. Yeah. No. No. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was like a known thing at the time. No, the, the migraine stuff has kind of come out of nowhere. Like apparently he had some issues with it as, as like a little kid, but no. And, and I'm, and to be clear, I'm not, I'm, number one, I'm not saying that this is like a certainty because I had all those qualifiers. And plus like, I haven't heard this directly from anyone in the organization, but I've heard it from enough people like that. It could just be sour grapes in that. Like you see, you know, this one scout really, really liked Haskinen, and they were like, no, dude, we're taking Patrick. And it's like, see, I was fucking right. Look at this guy. But <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I do buy that there probably were people in the room that were like, this isn't such a slam dunk that we have to take Nolan Patrick. Hmm. Would want- you, any of you have wanted to be at the bar that we were at oh, people- and the Flyers had not oh, taken Nolan Patrick? people would have lost their goddamn Kinda. minds had they not taken Nolan Patrick. It was there bad would enough. Have been, there would have been riots we would have been sued, if not dead, by trampling. Like, it would have been a really bad scene. It was bad enough when they didn't take uh, Caulfield. That got a little... <laughs> people were worked up about that. 
I was going to say, uh, the, uh, I thought you were going to mention the Tolvanen thing when they put his fucking name oh, yeah. up on the screen oh, and God. then they didn't take him. <laughs> uh, but looking at the rest of the draft picks from 2017, like the whole rest of the class, I am totally cool waiting out Morgan Frost's upside, even if it never hits. Like, that's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I want to, like, ask you guys before we move on to the 2015 draft in a second. So if you absolutely had to make a bet on this, would you put money on Frost or Patrick appearing on this list next year? You have to pick one. Oh, well, I mean, it's easy. I would put, I would put money on Nolan Patrick appearing on the list next year. Just on the list? Yeah. Yeah. This is a really good what list. What is though. the list? He has to be on the list, though. Not like What is mentioned. the list that we're talking about again? <laughs> The, the top twenty five hundred twenty five. I mean, I don't think either oh. of them would actually make the list. Oh no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put either of them on the top. No, I, I'm just saying. Like, if if one of them, I'm asking which one you expect to break out. Like one of you ha- if one of them's gonna make it, which it one would, do you it think be, it's gonna? It would be? be Nolan. It would be Nolan. Yeah, because I think I think Nolan's upside's higher, and I think that if he does get over this migraine thing, like if he let me put it this way, if Nolan Patrick gets over this migraine thing and comes to camp and is fine. He's going to be playing all season. I don't, I don't have the same confidence that Morgan Frost is going to be playing in the NHL all season. I think they want him to get more AHL time. Like If Patrick is healthy, he's playing. So that's an, that's an immediate bump up for him over Frost because opportunity matters. I am so that, tired. And, and the whole the narrative behind it, too. Like People are going to be paying attention to him. People are going to be hearing yeah. his name. Yeah. Like, it's it's people are going to be talking about him coming back after a year and a half of not playing hockey. So he's going to make lists if he comes back and, and plays the way that we know that he's capable of playing. I'm about done with the idea that Morgan Frost needs AHL time. Let me tell you. Yeah. If you want to well. say that he can't make the team simply because they're obsessed with him being a center and we don't have a spot at center. Okay. I'll buy that argument. But the idea that this kid needs more fucking seasoning is just nonsense. Like, he is an NHL-ready player. I just don't see Put him on the how someone – I don't see how someone, like, who's – what's missing about them is they're not NHL-ready. Like, all right, how do you get that without yeah. being in the NHL? Right. So, very, oh, very he's got – yeah, he's got to, you know, get – he's got to – he can't play against NHL talent. Well, that's because he never plays against NHL yeah. talent. You don't let him do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's yeah. the next step. Like, I don't understand why people get confused about this. Like, yes, he is not NHL ready because he's not being put in the NHL. Literally the only reason. Yeah, Bill, I'm, I'm looking at this 2017 draft, and you're right. It's not like— It sucks. Granted, gra- like, granted, it's early, but you're right. It's not shaping up that great. Like, like I'm go- like obviously, the, you know, Heischer is going be, gonna to be good. Haskin and Makar and Pedersen are already awesome. I think Cody Glass is going to be fine, but I don't think he's going to be a star. Um— Owen Tippett, I think, will be okay. Like, I think he'll play in Florida this year. I think he'll be pretty good. Uh, Natchez in, uh, in Carolina is going to be good. Suzuki's going to be good. But, like, beyond them, I mean, I guess Brandstrom has some hype behind him, but I don't know if he's going to be that good. Robert Thomas is fine. Yeah, Phil that's... Pedal, dude, Robert Thomas is one of... Thomas is like fifth or sixth in the scoring among that draft class. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, like, and and, and it's not just like played. Yeah. Like there's, there's some guys who you look at and you're like, they could be good. They just haven't got their shot yet. Like, that's what I yeah. look at. Like Owen Tippett, like Gabe Velarde has the, the injury stuff, but if he can play, he'll be quite good. But you have a lot of guys in here. Like, 
I don't think like Michael Rasmussen or Katie Middlestad are, are going to be anything special. Leah Anderson can't even get back in the NHL. Like there's there's a lot of guys that were taken high in this draft that like don't look like they're going to be anything special at all. Who'd the Flyers take in 2015? 27. This was the Patrick that was Frost 2017. Draft. Oh. Yeah, 2015 is a great draft and that's what I want to move on to now uh because 10 players from the 27 or from the 2015 draft made wishes list and it makes sense like they're the more aged up group like okay, they should probably make up a majority of the list. 10 guys from 2015 uh Provorov came in at number oh. 17 on wishes list. So we had uh Kyle uh Kyle Connor came in at number 24. He was drafted 17th. Uh, Thomas Chabot, number 21, he was drafted 18th. Then Provy at 17, he was drafted 7th. Uh, 15 is Barzal, uh, Barzell, and he was drafted 16th. And it's funny because three of those four guys, of course, make up the three picks directly following Boston's three straight picks. And it will never <laughs> fucking yes. get old. Fuck it will yes. never fucking get old. So good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then uh, number 14 is Wierenski. He was drafted eighth, one spot behind Provorov. Number 13, Aho drafted 35th. Uh, number 12, Rantanen, drafted 10th. 11, Marner, he was at four. Uh, number six, Eichel, drafted second. And, of course, number one, McDavid, drafted one. What a fucking draft that Seriously. was. Yeah, that, that draft um, was sacked. Wow. And, and one thing I will say about that is, like, Everybody kind of knew it at the time. Yeah. Like, there are some drafts where, in retrospect, you look at it and you're like, man, that draft was awesome. I remember studying that 2015 draft because the Flyers had such a high pick and being like, shit. Like, this is, this is a stacked draft. These guys are good. Like, it, it, like awesome draft. Uh, so, of the 10 guys from 2016, six were drafted after Provorov. Would you take any of these five over Ivan? Ranton and Wierenski, Barzell, Chabot, and Connor. Aho, I'm not even going to count, honestly, because, uh, like, the more apt comparison is TK. Like, Aho yeah, was taken 35th. You could get you could get Provorov and then still just take Aho at 24 where you took Konechny. Like, so Ranton and Wierenski, Barzell, Chabot, Connor. Would you take any of them over Provy? No. I don't think I would. So that's a I got facet. a real thing for Miko Rantanen. I'm... I'm... I'm going through the list and like I don't think so. I don't think so just because of the way that it all turned out. Like how it turned out with Provi and Konechny. Like I'm I'm very happy with that. I mean this, I'm, I'm happy with that situation. This team needed a number 1 defenseman to exist at some point in the near future after that draft. Obviously, it was a gamble because who the hell knows if he's going to actually be as good as we need him to be a number one. And thankfully, looks like he is. So I just think, like, based on organizational need, I don't think I would have taken any of those guys before Provy. You know, it chaps my ass that Wierenski is higher than Provorov on this list. Yeah. yeah, I, I will. Just, I will go to. I will absolutely go to bat for the idea that Ivan Provorov is a better defenseman than Zach. I, I know that's like any, he's any, a better any, defenseman any day of the week and plays for Charlie's a better Hill. team. <laughs> that one plays harder minutes, 
That chaps my ass. Fuck you, Wish. Yeah, I, I saw that, and, uh, like, I could honestly swap those two. I could put them next to each other. It's not a, it's 17 and 14. It's not like it's 10 and 25. Uh, like, I think Provorov's better. He just doesn't get to play with Seth fucking Jones. Yeah, there's like, that. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. you know? Like, he's playing with Andrew fucking McDonald. <laughs> He's been carrying around anchors for pretty much the yeah. entire time he's been here. Matt Niskanen and, like, half a season of pretty good ghost is the best he's had. Meanwhile, Wierenski's paired with an all-star. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not going to go too crazy over that, but I agree, Steph. I think uh, I think Provorov should be higher. Um, it's just rude. It would it's be rude. It would be so nice. It would be so nice to have a Rantanen or a Barzell, and I'm not saying I wouldn't even make those trades straight up, but, like... Kelly's point is correct. They needed what they got in Provorov. Yeah. You don't know when you're going to get a chance to get a guy that you think is a 25-minute defenseman again. Exactly. And this is... Scoring wingers you find. This is really interesting to me because I remember... I remember on draft day and, like, the lead-up to the draft, the two guys that I... Like, at number seven, the two guys that I was like, I would be happy if they take either one of these guys were... Ivan Provorov and Matt Barzell. Like I love Matt Barzell in that draft. I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand why he slipped as far as he did, and it was because like he was he got injured. I think a bit in his um in his draft year, but like you just had to watch the freaking tape, and you could tell that this guy was fucking dynamic. And it was like, okay, well, do you get the number one defenseman or do you get the number one center? And I think at the time I was like. I think they're going to take Provorov, and I'm thrilled with that. But if you gave, you put a gun to my head, I take Barzell over Provorov. Now it's tougher, and the reason is this: you had that second pick in the first round. They obviously traded up a bit to to snag Konechny, but you had that later pick in the first round. If you're looking at that draft and you're saying, "I want to get a defenseman and I want to get a forward." The defensemen available with that second pick were not that great. There were still a lot of great forwards available with that second pick. So, like, to me, it's, like, it's not necessarily that— Like, I think Barzell in particular and Rantanen as well are better players than Ivan Provorov. But the defensemen you would have taken at 28 or 24 or whatever would be so nowhere near as good as Ivan Provorov that, like, from a positional standpoint, I like the idea. Like, to me, the, and I'm not saying this is a slight against Konechny. To me, the perfect draft for the Flyers in that would have been you take Provorov and you take Ajo because then you get a number one center and you get a number one defenseman. Travis Konechny's awesome. I'm not mad they made that pick. In retrospect, I take Ajo over Konechny. But... There were still a lot of really freaking good forwards available, whether it's wing or center, at the bottom of that first round. You had Konechny, you had Ajo, you had Bavillier. Like, you had some really, really good forwards that were still there. The best defenseman that was available, like, down to 28, like, Travis Dermott, Brandon Carlo. Like, the gap between Matt Barzell and Sebastian Ajo, Travis Konechny is pretty small. The gap between Ivan Provorov and Travis Dermott, Brandon Carlo is enormous. That's so a great purely, point. So purely from a, like, how do we maximize the talent we get out of this draft, I like the direction they took taking Provorov instead of Barzell. It's like the, um, the Cam York, Bobby Brink, like, together, better than Cole Caulfield, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Kelly's never gonna get over that draft. <laughs> I love it. Boy. I like I like Cam York now, so I'm I'm good. 
Right. Yeah, uh, but that was a good segue, Charlie, because I mentioned the the rant and or the Aho TK thing earlier. TK did not make the top twenty five. He was an honorable mention. Uh, Aho, of course, went thirty fifth in that draft. The Flyers traded up, traded back up to twenty four to get TK. Would you make that trade? I would. Yeah. Yeah. I love TK I, though. Like I, that's I, like, I love TK. I'm, yeah. Like it, I'm personally attached to him. <laughs> I know that's the problem because he is just a flyer. Yeah. Is he ever? I, that's I, I don't want to, I don't want to lose TK, but Aho I think is better. I mean, in, in terms yeah. of talent, Aho is better, but in terms of the full package, the, the whole thing, I, I just, I can't lose. We're not I getting those chirps lose. out of Aho. Not a chance. No. Maybe. I, I can't, I cannot lose my little gutter raccoon. <laughs> Cut her record. I don't. I don't know. That's the, the one. The one thing I will say accurate. about Aho, and I, I'll I'll give the Flyers credit to say that I think they would have done the same thing because in the end it ended up just being such a no brainer. Like obviously Sebastian Aho is now a number one center. Like he was drafted as a wing, and Carolina had to make the call to switch him to center, and obviously it worked out. But like maybe not every organization does that. Yeah. So Fucking you do me. have to take that into account of like if the Flyers had drafted Aho, do the Flyers turn him into a center? I would like to think they would because obviously it was the smart thing to do, but like that's not a guarantee. Should have kept Tulski. Should have kept Tulski. <laughs> so it really comes down to two guys. Like yeah, TK. I don't actually like TK could get there. Who do you think is the highest ranked Flyer next year? Ooh, Carter Hart. I think it's. I think it's still hard. Yeah, Carter yeah. Hart. It's got to be still hard. Who do you think I is mean, the next one after him, though? Uh, you know what? Like because of the weirdness of the season, by the time this comes out next year, guys will have aged out, or maybe not. I don't know. I can't no, do the math. No, Proby. Proby turns twenty four, so Konechny turns twenty four as well. Okay, so they'll still be in there. I can't do this math. Okay, uh, never. <laughs> it's hard. Charlie, you brought up that The Athletic has been doing a bunch of expansion draft stuff. Uh, and, you know, I fucking hate the expansion draft talk. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I just wanted to ask a couple of questions of everybody. Uh, just quick stuff about the expansion draft, because, fuck, we have like 10 minutes left and I want to fill the time. Um, so Vegas walked away during their expansion. Vegas walks away with with Flurry as like the face of the franchise. They rob Florida of uh, of Marcheseau and O'Reilly. They find William Carlson as the diamond in the rough. Uh, they got the name with James Neal. Found some underrated depth along the way. Will the will the headline of Seattle's draft be GMs figure it out? Seattle sucks. Or oops, we did it again. <laughs> I love this question, and I, question. I, I love it, and I don't have an answer. My gut says that the GMs are never going to figure it out. They have to. I, I don't they? think that they're going to, but I also think that the media reaction is going to be that Seattle sucks. So, both? I, I, I think... I don't know, because nobody, nobody expected Vegas to be good. Yeah, that's Nobody expected them to be as good. But no, like, nobody expected them to be good, period. When they walk nobody away with them a first good. line, like two-thirds of a first line from one team for nothing, like... Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but at, the, at, 
Yeah. Nobody expected the... them to be good. These were no-name guys that just... Uh, Marcia So was not a no-name guy. He, yeah, but he wasn't a clear-cut first liner. Right. I mean, he obviously became that in Vegas, but, like... They didn't know, like, in retrospect, yes, they gave, like, Florida gave up two-thirds of a first line, and it was insanely stupid because they undervalued these guys. But, like, at the time, Riley Smith was coming off of a down year. And Jonathan yeah, was. Was, was. And, and Jonathan Marcheseau, like, yes, he was good, but he was just the small guy who, I think he was undrafted. Like, he's always been kind of underrated. So, like, these were not guys that you looked at before that season and said, this is definitely a first line. Not to mention, the whole reason why that was a first line as well is because they plucked William Carlson, who was a fourth liner in Columbus, and then he woke up one day and is like, by the way, I'm awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I don't want to revise it like everyone everyone thought Vegas was going to be great, but like they did walk away with some pieces. We they were did. all like, well, they took fucking Belmar. Way to go, bud. But like they did... like. Th they had a situation where, like, the Penguins wanted them to take their number one goalie because their backup was better. Like, is that is that a situation that's going on now? Like, will they just be gifted a pretty fucking good goalie because another team won a cup with their backup? Well, that's the other thing about Flurry. No one thought that he was still good. Yeah. No one thought that he still had gas in the tank. That's very and true. it just yeah. turned out that he did. And now nobody thinks he still does again. I, I, I think that we could be seeing a similar type of situation in Seattle, but I don't, I don't think that they could make the same results happen again. I, I just don't think that they will. I think that they could be a competitive team. The division that they're going to be in, one assumes, is just not going to be that strong um, looking at California. Yeah, the California um, teams suck. They're they're pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Not but wrong, Steph. I, <laughs> um, I I just don't think like they could they could make the playoffs their first year, but they're not going to catch lightning in a bottle the way that the the Golden Knights did. Well, that's yeah, the thing. Like, like a lot of this relies on luck. Like I do think that they will probably yes. end up getting some good players from a couple of teams for sure. But for the most part, it's going to be like Vegas, where at the end of the draft, before any games are played, we're going to be like, eh, they got a couple of good guys, but that doesn't look so great. If they get lucky and have good coaching the way that Vegas did in their first season, maybe they're a really good hockey team. But that was, like, like you said, no one thought that Vegas was going to be that good. It was just no. luck that the guys that they ended up getting meshed together so well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of go back and forth on this because I – in the end, I agree with you, Kelly and Steph, that, like, there was an element of luck with Vegas that it's hard to replicate that. And I do think that you can't, you can't go into it assuming that Seattle's going to get that lucky. That said, there are some things that do give me pause because, number one, I do think that, I think Seattle is going to be, like, the people making decisions for Seattle are smarter than the people that That's were making true. decisions for Vegas. So I think that their front office is better, which leads me to believe that their process will be better in terms of the expansion. And the Vegas expansion draft process ended up being pretty damn good. So, like, if you think of, like, a better expansion draft process, which I think Seattle will pull off, that's going to help. Number two, I was of the opinion before the pandemic that GMs, because of what happened with Vegas— would be very, very careful not to replicate what they did with Vegas in terms of, like, 
paying them draft picks to take guys and giving away two guys to protect one because they saw how badly it played out for um, for them with Vegas. Post-pandemic, cap space is so cramped yeah. right now. Seattle is going to be coming in with the one thing that everybody wants, which is cap space and the ability to dump players to clear space to keep guys. And because of that, I think a lot of GMs are going to be forced into doing what they don't want to do, which is making those kind of deals with Seattle. Because, like, the cap ain't going up. And this is the only way that $81.5 million of cap space is going to be dumped into the league. It's going to be dumped into the league via Seattle. Any other way, it ain't getting dumped into the league because this is a stagnant cap for the next couple of years. And I think GMs are going to be so desperate to clear space that Seattle is going to get some big bargains. Yeah, and like I think things like William Carlson have a chance of happening again where you find the diamond in the rough and get lucky. I think they're going to have some James Neal opportunities who's just an older guy that teams don't want to pay anymore. Uh, still pretty good, like had a 25-goal season, but it was like, you know, we just have to move on with this flat cap. I think that's going to be a possibility. But GMs can't possibly think it's a good idea to give someone two players when you only have to give them one. They can't possibly think this. <laughs> it's two is more than one. Why are you giving away two pieces? You're required to give away one, you fucking idiots. Yeah, but when one of them is Jack Johnson, is it really two players? That's a great point, Stephanie. Is it actually? That, if they uh, actually take Jack Johnson, that signing just end. showed up in my timeline again, and it made me giggle. If, so. they, if they were to in any way absorb Jack Johnson, the expansion draft should immediately be ended, and guess what? London gets a team. Seattle, you blew it. <laughs> London, yes. Ontario, or London, take your pick. England. <laughs> sure, give a team to London, England. Both. That'd be fun. Both. The yes. league can absorb those travel expenses. Sure, that'd be fine. Sure. Um, we so best and worst case scenarios for the Flyers. Could they really like? Could Seattle really be talked? We're saying that you know because they're going to covet their cap space too they're going to want to be competitive and while they have this opportunity to like get extra draft picks and get extra guys for taking on cap hits other teams don't want like they're going to want to be aggressive in free agency and like in their second season and you know be good so will they really like want to take a jvr at seven million even if we give them a draft pick I worry Maybe. that their their brain trust knows too much about James Van Riemsdyk that they won't take him. But I mean, like, if you think it through, like, you could maybe think, you know, if you're not the smartest people in hockey, like, you might think, well, it's good to have a veteran that's a known quantity, and you, we know that he can score goals on the power play, and so why not take him and see what happens? But I'm not sure we're going to get that lucky, to be honest. I mean, yep, maybe is the best I can come yeah, up with. Like I could see it. The, the guy who I, who at this point I think is the most likely they're going to take is all Bell because I just think mm -hmm. he makes the most sense. Like I don't like the way the flyers roster is shaping up. There's a good chance he's left unprotected and he's cheap and he's relatively young and he's got upside. Like that's like, that's an expansion draft pick. Like that's a logical expansion draft pick. JVR is interesting because like, I know we complain about him all the time, but like a two-year, $14 million contract for a guy who 
generally scores 30 goals and drives play really isn't that bad. No, it isn't. Like, it's just not. So I don't think that they're necessarily going to be totally scared by him. It's a lot of money. And, like, there's probably only a certain number of big money players they're going to be willing to take. And maybe they look at it as, like, well, there's better big money players available than James Van Reems. Like, so that's not going to be our big money pick. But I don't think it's insane to think that they're intrigued by him as long as he doesn't just have a fucking awful season this year and completely torpedo his value. Aside from those two, I mean, there's, you know, there's Ghost if they pay them to take Ghost. Like, that could happen. Maybe that's the way the Flyers finally give Ghost a, a fresh start somewhere else. I brought up the possibility of the Flyers leaving Jake Voracek unprotected because they figure no one's going to take that deal. Mm-hmm. Not because he's bad, but because Steph it's like... Steph has to go, so I want to... I want to okay. make this point because Steph has to run. Uh, the idea that I remember last time, like they left Andrew McDonald unprotected because he stinks and it was a bad contract, but they said, oh no, his contract was a shield. So we knew we wouldn't be taken when really they were like crossing their fucking fingers. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they just like Vegas wasn't dumb enough to do it. But like you could make that like all Bay Bell, he's young and he's cheap and he's pretty good. I feel like since teams like. The cap is flat for Seattle, too. That's who they're going to want to target is some guys like that. That's who you're going to want to protect. And a guy like Voracek, who's very good, but makes eight fucking whatever million dollars a year, is that a shield against it? Yeah. Could be. It very well might. It could be. I mean, they also have a salary floor that they're going to have to get to. So they can't just take all of the young and cheap guys. But I think we're going to have – we've got a few months to, like, really – Except that the Flyers are going to lose somebody that we don't want them to lose. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. it's all Bay Q Bell, uh, that'll be disappointing. But like, all right, we'll yeah, survive. Not, not we're we're gonna survive. We'll make it. It ain't Travis Sanheim. Like I- I'm cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Or Phil Myers. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's not let's not get rid of one of them, and like we'll be okay. Or Carter Hart. Like that <laughs> would ruin everybody's day. It's, I'll tell you, it'll be Giroux or Couturier before it's fucking Carter Hart. Yeah. 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 And it's not going to be them either. Yeah, and so. Giroux has a no-movement clause, so it actually can't be him. So right. uh, that's it. We got to wrap. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, leave reviews. God damn it. Give us five stars. Say anything in the comment. I don't care. But make it five stars. Oh, uh, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of reviews lately that have said really delightful and nice things about us. Oh. But also me specifically. So I want to say thank you to everyone <laughs> who has done that. Like, thank you a lot for doing that. I do read them and I appreciate you. I don't read them, but I will read them on the air next week. Leave <laughs> us reviews. I'll read them on the air. All right, that's it. My name is Bill Matz for Steph, for Kelly, for Charlie. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?